lead with love at work. At first glance, the concepts of love and work might seem like they don't belong together at all, but we believe that leading with love makes for happier and healthier people, careers, business, and organizations. In this episode, we will explore bringing a vision to life, living and working on purpose, showing up authentically in your professional relationships. Please let us know what you think. You can comment on this post or anywhere you access your podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sherry. Hey, Lauren. Back at it. Here we are across, <laughs> across the fence again. Exactly. Talking over the back fence. Talking over the back fence to neighbors, to my That's neighbor right. friend. That's right. Yeah. What's going on today? Well, it's interesting. There's, it feels like there's a lot going on. It feels for me the last week or so has been very roller coastery. Mm. And it's not that there's so much that's happening, but I feel roller coastery on the inside. So just my emotions have been really up and down and I've been trying to let myself feel my emotions and express them, which is very different for me in different contexts. We're going to talk about work today and that's different for me to, to express how I'm really feeling. So yeah, it's just, it's just really thinking about how I feel, what I really want to express to do it in a conscious way and, but to allow myself, my emotions so I can really understand what it is I'm feeling and why. What, how did you want a roller coaster today or this week? How have I been on one? Or no, what has you on a roller coaster? Or what has me on a roller coaster? Well, one of the things that has me on the roller coaster is, um, a work project and it's just that I care so much about this project and I'm wanting it to go in a certain way. And I got really attached to it going in a certain way, I realized. And so I got really sad about it, that it might not go that way. And um, I had to really check in with myself that I was feeling so attached to the way it came about. And so I've been working on that the last few days on how to, we talked a little bit about this last time in the art of letting go. It's, it's just letting go of my attachment to it and just realize how much I'm gripping it and how that's not allowing what really wants to happen to happen. And I'm getting in the way of it by gripping it so hard. So I had to allow myself chance to feel all the feels <laughs> and, uh, and then realize what was going on for me and then consciously allow myself to let go. And I feel much better having let go. I still care deeply about it, but I realize that I can be much more myself in the project now because I'm not all hung up on my attachment. It's so fascinating how when we care deeply, life becomes more of a roller coaster, right? Because we care so deeply. And then you just said, I was conscious enough, I'm, pre I'm paraphrasing, um, I was conscious enough to notice how attached I was. And when I realized that it allowed me to unattach to some extent or let go, right? And that, but it doesn't mean that we don't care. Right. I still care deeply about it. Right. So what does it look like to care deeply, but not be so attached? Exactly. So that's what's so interesting because... 
it's not just my vision of it either. That's the, that's the other thing. I want it to be what it's meant to be. And that's just not what I want for it, but understanding what it itself wants almost, which is sort of a weird way to look at it, but it's meant to be something in the world for sure. I don't know exactly what it's meant to look like. And I have to let go of how, how we get, how we get there. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so fascinating you're talking about this. I was working with a client right before this call and I've worked with her for two months, a new client, and she um, freshly divorced and um, sort of redesigning life for herself. And she's not sure where she wants to go income wise. She has like a blank slate. So she did like a brainstorming session. That was her homework a couple of weeks ago. And it, she was discouraged. She said, I had so many good ideas or so many ideas, but none of them felt quite right. But the one that felt right, she didn't tell me this until today. Um, the one that felt right was the one she shared with her sister and her sister said, that's the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, interesting, <laughs> right? And I was, I didn't think much of it. And then I said something else, which triggered her to tell me because she said she didn't even want to talk about it. That's how, like, she put it on the back burner because her sister so poo-pooed it. And mm. she something I said made her decide to share it with me. And I thought it was one of the most brilliant business ideas I've ever heard. Wow, that's saying something. It was brilliant. I'm like, this is amazing. This is a, this is a million dollar business out of the gates. Like this just wow. looks like a little bit of marketing. This is like so geared to our times right now. Yeah. It was so brilliant and so uniquely different. Mm -hmm. I don't know what made me think about that. I guess. How did she respond to it when you, when you sort of. There's some affirmation. She was so thrilled to hear affirmation, but I want to back up and say a couple of points just to, I yeah. think, to kick us off. One is that we've been talking the past couple podcasts about leadership at home, like leading with love at home. And mm -hmm. I think that's a weird combo. I think it's a weird combo to put the two together, leadership at home, but it's critical, right? Mm -hmm, totally it's critical and now we're switching gears and we're talking about i want to talk about we want to talk about love at work mm -hmm. that doesn't yeah. go together either that doesn't go together either or it doesn't does go it. together uh, we think it doesn't <laughs> so i just want to say how important it is to notice that when things don't seem to go together they actually go together more than we think yeah it's like a real opportunity like i can care but be unattached they don't seem to go together Mm -hmm. but they do go together totally go and together two things that don't seem to go together are more powerful than things that normally go together right that's so really cool i just wanted to say that because i just was noticing that um yeah i also want to say that i think that there's this weird strange rule that we think we have to love our work so this woman that i was just talking about this client who was like trying to think about things she loved I think we have a, a weird misnomer that says we have to love our work, but I think we have to love how we go about our work. Mm -hmm. So you saying, how can I go about this project in a way that my vision, you know, this is my vision, this is what I would love, but the team doesn't really want to go in that direction. So you had to be unattached, but now you can reattach to the concept of how I go about this is really almost more important mm -hmm. than the end result. Because if I implement it in a way that I'm attached to, you know, that I'm mm -hmm. going to be in integrity, I'm going to do it with passion and love and whatever it is, um, totally different things are going to show up. Yeah. So what I, what I think is almost even more important is mm -hmm. why I'm doing it. Yes. What's my purpose here, right? 
So, I mean, yeah, we can talk a lot about purpose and hopefully your work and your purpose line up. Or how you go about it and your purpose line up. Yeah. So for instance, your purpose, the reason why you do what you do, like your sweet spot, your, your special sauce, if that's the way you're touching your work, then it doesn't matter what the work is. Exactly. It's just like the way you, you, you are at it and why you are there is aligned. So that can, that can show up in any way, shape or form. Almost. Literally any way, shape or forms. But yeah. So I oftentimes think people I've had, and you probably had this too, where people will come to you because they don't like their job or their work and they Mm want to somehow find something new. Mm -hmm. And I always say where we are in this moment is the bridge to getting to the best place. Mm -hmm. Like, so we don't want to be so negative or difficult that this particular situation is the worst. No, this is the, this is taking us to this, where we are might not feel good. But that's good because then we know we want something else and we can't get there without being here first. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. You can start exactly where you are. And when, you, when I say why you're here, it doesn't mean why are you in this job in, say, management in a big organization. It's why are you here on earth almost? Like right. the reason I am here is to build connection with people. Or the reason I am here is, for me, it's like to mine gold. That's my purpose. So, and over the course of my career, I've done a lot of different things. And a lot of those times I have been on purpose. And I haven't necessarily known that on the way through. But when I look back now with hindsight, I can see the thread through everything. And you do get into positions and you do get into some work that you lose track of that. And if you lose track, and or you're not able to live your why in that place, then you have to take another look at it. Right. But you can still start where you are. And when we stay in integrity with ourselves and bring that integrity to our workplace, whatever it is, we then have the why in place because now we're acting aligned. You know, we're we're being aligned with who we want to be. Yeah. So that's always, I think it's, I think, you know, bringing or leader, leading with love at work is, mm-hmm. a, is a concept that is, um, I think oftentimes people think that they have to change things, mm-hmm. but really what they need to do is first start with, okay, who do I want to be? Or what is my purpose of why I'm here? Uh, two different ways of saying the very same things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we get clear with that, it changes who we show up as yeah. at work. Yeah. I think another part of that in, in the way we are loving and leading at work is when we are really in touch with ourselves and we trust ourselves and we are so okay with who we are, we let go of giving it away to other people to let us know that we're good enough. So to, to stop that external validation and know that we are perfect just as we are on the inside ourselves. And so there's a lot, there's, it's really empowering to have that because you don't have to. So I think that's where the love comes in is that we love ourselves first, just as you're saying. Starts there. Mm -hmm. And And when you love yourself, you can love others too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It sounds like 
It sounds like such a Mr. Rogers show. I love Mr. Rogers. Some people didn't like him. Did you know Mr. Rogers? You're younger. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Mr. Rogers I too. I loved him. And some people really did not like him, but right. Um, he, he was so about inspiring people to love who they were as mm -hmm. young people. It's just a beautiful message. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It does start there. It yeah. does start there. And I think um, the way, the, the values we embody when we are completely ourselves at work as well, like, you know, in the, in tradition, like I'm thinking typically in the workplace there, it's, it's, it's different everywhere, but in some organizations, when you feel you're not able to live your values or your values are not aligned with the organization and um, you can't express the value of say love or kindness or compassion as well as you would want to, or you feel like the organization itself is not valuing those things or the organization might have those core values on paper, but not be living them when it comes right. to the way they, they work with their people and, and that kind of thing. So I think that living your values is love and leading with love as well. I would agree with you. Yeah. And what, so that's a lot of the work that you and I do when it comes to working with people in the workplace. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. first, what are, the, what are the values at work? What are mm -hmm. my values as a leadership, our values as a leadership team? And then yes. how do we align those in the workplace? How do our actions match our words? And there's exactly. a lot of, lot of people that don't feel that there's alignment. Between. That's right. Yeah. And that's where you really feel out of integrity, right? Either you can feel out of integrity personally, or you can see where the organization is out of integrity. And that's, or that's you're where. out of integrity. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and that's where, that's where real, real problems and real misery can, can show up at work. It's a big deal. You know, I think that I'm hoping um, that somehow this post-corona, not that we're post-corona time now, but post it being in our world, um, I feel like in some ways it's going to help companies gain clarity around their core values and how to live them more clearly, because I think it's about sustainability. Like mm -hmm. companies are more sustainable when they have values and they're living them as a, as a corporate team, as an entity, when mm -hmm. they're, when they're aligned, they're more sustainable when they're not aligned. In my opinion, I've worked for, for companies that are 100% not aligned and they're no longer here. They're not in business right. anymore. So yeah. it's not sustainable for companies not to be aligned with their values and not to be behaving with their values. Yeah. And if they do care about their people, um, hopefully more organizations will be doing this work and, and understanding what's most important to people and particularly their people, you know, when it comes to remote work, for instance, and um, the importance of family and people's lives and all of those things are going to be very much in the forefront. Yeah. And I hope, it's my hope that organizations will recognize that and make their adjustments in order to help their people um, honor their values. I was speaking to another woman business owner just in the past week, and she owns a large company, a translation company, and hundreds of employees all over the world. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how it, in our new world, now she's had that structure of everybody was virtual. They've never had an office there her entire life of the mm -hmm. company. They've always been virtual, all 100 people. Or I think it was 160 or so. It was a lot. Yeah. And she was talking about something that I thought was really important. And that is that she doesn't care 
when people work. She cares, it's all project focused. So it's just a matter of completing it and completing it well. So the project, they're really being paid, they're employees, but they're being paid to do quality work. Mm -hmm. So how quickly it takes, how well they're engaged with the work, um, like during the day, it doesn't matter to her. She mm -hmm. just wants an end, a good product at the end and they're compensated well for it. So mm -hmm. she said the culture is really important and it's from a, they have to, they had to establish it really early on is that what, what's mm -hmm. the values if we're gonna be a mm -hmm. virtual team? And it was fascinating to hear other people on this conversation that were struggling with companies that were in-person based and then they went virtual and their values were different. So they really wanted engagement and how are they gonna shift and transition? The values are shifting as we speak. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. about trust. Like do yeah. we trust our employee to get the job done? Are we measuring the right things? Are we measuring the wrong things? Yeah. Fascinating time. It's a real opportunity for us on an individual level to examine these things in our own leadership and also for organizations to do at the very top as well. And I know that, you know, younger people, um, millennials and, and younger are really taking a hard look at organizations before they join them and, and examining their values and understanding, are they walking their talk? Can I trust this organization yeah. to be who they say they are? Because that's really important to me. If I'm really wanting to work to, in a place where my values are aligned with that of the organization. And I can't do that if I don't trust that they're, they are in integrity. And I also think that millennials are looking for different things. They're not looking to be attached to a computer from nine to five. Right. They're looking for a more project focused criteria of how to get a job done. I, my, that's my sense anyway. Yeah, their and values are different, for sure. They're different. Mm -hmm. uh, and so people that are used to a nine to five in person, they can't fathom how to function or how to create a team that they can't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. And here we it are is. now. It's a fascinating time. And how do I bring my compassion and love and empathy um, to the workplace remotely? That's a whole nother concept. That's a well, that's whole nother challenge. Thing. Yeah. You know, as we're doing it remotely and it's possible. It's yeah, completely possible. possible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have some thoughts? What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, like, I think it's so important that organizations stay nimble and stay on top of what's most important to, to their people, not only now and through this transition, but going forward and thinking about the younger people who will be wanting to join the organization so that they can continue to have those fresh ideas and have those cool intergenerational conversations and ideas and innovation, all, everything that comes from that. So I think that's gonna be really important. And I also think that, um, yeah, there's just so much, there's just so much opportunity and the kinds of things that younger people are, are valuing, organizations are gonna to have to adjust for those things as well. I work with a young person now, we were um, working on site and she's really loving working at home. And so it's gonna be interesting to see if organizations are going to make the adjustments to, um, to work for their people. Yeah. I think they're going to have to or else people, because I don't think people are going to want to go back to what was. Well, that's not because of the coronavirus, because of the flexibility, because of the ease, because of the simplicity of what it means for us for so many. And I think there'll be many people that also want to go back. Yeah, that's it. They'll have to be a little bit all things to all people. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's not easy. 
that is not no, easy, not but easy. It, I see more hybrid, hybrid teams going forward, no yeah. matter what, no matter it's, what. So the thing is, if the organization values things like compassion and kindness and collaboration and those kinds of things, they will do the work in order to make sure that, that those remain constant through all of these different changes. Yeah. And I think they'll need to change the, the values and the criteria of how they're measuring people's success as they mm -hmm. work from home. It yeah. won't be, are they engaged on the computer nine to five? It will not be that. It's, here's That's the a great product. point. Yeah, I think they'll have to change that drastically of how they're measuring that. You know, I used to work, I have to just mention this one. Yeah. I used to work as a sales rep at one point and there was this technology. It wasn't inside our organization, but I'd heard about it from elsewhere. And there was this technology that could measure how long you were sitting in your seat at your computer. Like mm -hmm. that was, that was the value. <laughs> and just like how long you were physically sitting. That was, so part, that was a measurement tool. That's so crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, interesting. And I could see why they would do it. Not that I agree with it, but I know that's the, all they could think of to measure. That's all yeah. the, at the time. Yeah, that meant productivity. There's so many more creative ways to measure. So many more creative. So I was speaking with another woman the other day and she manages a very large um, customer service team and mm -hmm. in the insurance industry and they all obviously are working from home now and they're planning to work from home for the next year at least mm -hmm. and actually I think it's by midsummer next year and I asked her like what are you doing different how is it going she goes it's it's brilliant it's great and I said can you see doing it forever she said definitely not but it's mm -hmm. working and it works great and I said, what's making it work? And she said, there was one key ingredient that made it work. And that was that she, every single day, chooses to connect and have, most of her day is, is spent having one-on-one -on -one conversations with somebody in her team. Not all 100, but her direct reports. Mm -hmm. And she has very specifically in her calendar scheduled one-on-one -on -one calls with each person. And I said, what's the purpose? She says, connection, connection, mm -hmm. connection. So she's, so she's walking she's her on. talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you had mentioned um, because we're remote and how you're able to embody your values in this remote working environment as well, right? And how you're able to have connection. How are you able to have collaboration? How able are you, are you able to embody um, all these things online as well, right? And there are ways. There are ways of doing it. And that's one thing I've been really interested in ever since we, we started all working remotely is how do we create that connection and really show what we value? I think that it's all about Brene Brown's key ingredient, vulnerability. That mm -hmm. if, an, if in an online connection, we are vulnerable and honest and authentic, it creates a connection that is as good as in person. I completely agree. So back to my original point, which yeah. is like, I'm trying to feel my emotions and express them. And that's very different at work. That is for me being, being authentic. And it doesn't mean, you know, if I feel angry, I'm raging at someone or anything like that. It's just being really in touch with what they are and, and allowing them to be an ex expressed with compassion that this is me. I'm being vulnerable. I'm showing you how I really feel in a way that allows the other person to connect with me and have it, it's a deeper connection because I'm different than I might've in the past. I'm being really vulnerable and showing them 
how I feel instead of hiding or being nice or polite or, and then going away and feeling something completely different than what I'm showing to the other person. I'm going to bet that in some ways you're being even more thoughtful of it because of the distance, the, the um, virtual distance, that you're being more thoughtful about being authentic about what you're feeling versus not. Because if you weren't, I mean, you, I think that there's some safety in the computer of being even more vulnerable. There's some yeah. safety in that, right? It's, so that's really can, interesting. I think there's some truth to it, but we have to be conscious about being more vulnerable, being more open, being more transparent, being more in tune with our own feelings and speaking them. And I think that we can actually practice that virtually so that yeah. when we get in, in person again, whatever that looks like, whether it's a full-time, part-time, that we can be more, in, in, you know, be more honest with how we're feeling because we've mm -hmm. practiced it at home. Now we have to practice it in person. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in general, I've been trying to do this. So I, I was doing it before we were all online as well, but you're right. I am even more conscious of it. And, and, and it does me, it does allow a little bit of safety because I'm still in my comfortable environment yeah. while I'm having this connection. Exactly. So I have everything that I care about all around me. I'm in a safe place and I'm still able, so, so therefore, sorry, I'm able to, to share what I'm really feeling. You can shut your microphone and your video off anytime you want. <laughs> That's so true. Unless it's just two of you. <laughs> but even then, even then, this is how I'm feeling. I need time. Right. Yeah. So in order to get to that place as leaders at work, it's important for us, I think, to sort of set the stage. And the way we set the stage is by like there's a couple key tools and ingredients and we've we've mentioned a number of them but the ones that we haven't mentioned are being really good listeners yeah because if we're really good listeners we hear when someone gets quiet we hear when someone has aggravation or something that's you know irritating them but if we don't listen really well we speak over it we go beyond it we ignore it you know so being good listeners, but I also think there's another one of it is being really curious. Like oh yeah, when you hear that fading away or the the mind not, not mine, but sometimes a human's natural. I'm just the opposite, but sometimes as humans we hear conflict and we go in the other direction and we just try to ignore it. But as a as a leader that's trying to lead more compassionately if we hear that and pause and be curious about it, that's how we open up really authentic conversations and have compassionate cultures. Yeah, I think that's, those are the things. I think compassion, curiosity and compassion absolutely go together. That you're not pushing for someone to share how they feel or, but you're really reading them, listening to them, using your whole body to understand what they're going through and being curious in a way that is compassionate and knowing that they it's giving them an opportunity and that they have they can choose how they respond to you or whether they respond to you but they know and as you start to do that you start to build trust and that they know that this can be a safe place where I can express or share or um, show how I'm feeling. Has it been a safe place for you to express your how you're feeling about your project? Where? 
the one that you're you're referring oh, to um we're still we're still building trust we don't know each other very well but um yeah, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build connection online, right, by expressing how I'm really feeling instead of hiding it and her not having a clue or another person not might have a clue how I how I truly feel, right? So um, it's up to me as well. It's, it's sort of ownership of that as well. This is what I want. I want deeper connection. I want there to be understanding. So I'm allowing my walls to come down a little bit as sort of extending a way forward. I was speaking with um, yesterday a team of two women, their partners in a company, and they talk about how when there's any ill feeling, any ill feeling, they have an agreement from the beginning of their relationship or now, I don't know when they started, um, but they currently have an agreement in place that if there's anything that feels uncomfortable, misaligned, misunderstood, confused, angry, like the slightest amount of that, they have an agreement with one another that you must talk about it with the other. Mm, that's interesting. And they feel like things are constantly being cleaned up. Like they're always, they're like, oh, I need to talk to you about something. And the other one's commitment to hearing it is just, mm -hmm. as, just as important to be able to hear it. I mean, they do it really with kindness. They have a whole criteria. And right. they decided yesterday that they want to document this because they want to add people to the team and they want to be able to duplicate that. That is so, so perfect. Awesome. And it goes back to what you were talking um, about at the very beginning when we're talking about the principles by which you can do as a team, as a, as a leadership team or for your, your own team, you can create these principles together, like the rules of engagement, basically, right. of how we'll conduct ourselves and we all agree to it. We all, we're all part of creating it and then we all hold one another accountable to it. Um, there's so many tools here. <laughs> yeah, there's so many things we talked about. We talked about having a purpose. We talked about um, having intention or how we go about it. We talked about trusting ourselves. We talked about being authentic, listening, curiosity, compassion. Like there's so many important pieces to this. You and I could talk, I could talk for 10 hours about this topic. I love, love, love this topic. Are there any tools that I missed? Um, I think you've mentioned some, but I think just knowing your values in general and, and the values of your workplace and that you might be able to see if there's not alignment where your values might be being trampled on or, or where you, you don't have you don't have agreement between you and start to have a clue of what might be a way forward if it's not aligned yeah and i remember i also want to not re just i'm remembering that workplaces are schools, workplaces are corporations, workplaces are small, small, small businesses, workplaces mm -hmm. are grocery stores. So they're yeah. all workplaces that all of these things apply. Um, so we'll, we're going to keep talking about this for a little bit, right? This is I think so. Yeah, there's a lot to say. So much <laughs> to talk about and so much to explore because I think it's changing as we speak. That's my, yes. that's my yeah. sense is it's changing as we speak that leadership is showing up differently than we might have thought that it was years ago. Yeah, and, yeah there's so much to talk about. Well, the, the other thing is that it is a co-creation, right? It's true. Organization yeah. shows up and, and so should we. Yeah, it's not something that is just, it, we, we as beings co-create whether we know it or not. Yeah. We might as well do it consciously. That's right. Yeah. Any yeah. Last thoughts that you wanna add before we end this particular podcast? Um, I just think that for well of course 
we're coaches. <laughs> so we're really into this stuff. And I think, uh, you know, I have a coach myself. I believe deeply in this work. And I just think there's whatever that looks like for you, just the opportunity to explore what you feel and what your values are and what your purpose are and purpose is, sorry. Um, it's just a real wonderful exploration and uh, just to get clear on what they are. And that helps you so much in um, finding your way through Yeah. to why you're here. Yeah, clarity is a beautiful thing. There, and right now as things are so discombobulated it's my word of the day i've used it at least twice now today mm -hmm. um it's things just feel messy and they feel unclear it's just i think in the world generally mm -hmm. so this is some this is a way to get gain clarity right for yeah. ourselves starts with ourselves and then we need clarity at home and then we need clarity at work so yes so so good so important yeah. So exactly. I look forward to, I feel like this conversation is half-baked and I look forward to a whole lot more conversation around this particular topic with you. Can't wait. I look forward to it. Talk okay. again soon. Sounds good, Lauren.